Welcome to this episode of Show Your Scars with Jordan Angeli, a look inside the journey back from a devastating injury. We may not choose for this to happen to us, but we appreciate who we become in the process. Now let's look into this week's episode as we share our strength and show our scars with pride. Today's podcast is brought to you guys by Recoup Fitness. Our friends at Recoup have created a product called the Stinger, and it's the first ever recovery product of its kind. It combines myofascial release and cryotherapy, otherwise known as massage and icing, to replace ice cups for athletes everywhere. This is an amazing product because you can use it in hard to reach places or on bigger muscles like your quads and your IT bands. I use it right around my knee to help with the swelling and just a little bit of relief after I work out. The Stinger is something that you just place in the freezer for two hours and you can enjoy up to six hours of massage. Come on guys, recover smarter. Go to recoupfitness.com R-E-C-O-U-P fitness.com. Use the code ACL Club to get a discount on one of their Stinger products. Right now, go and start recouping like a pro. Hey everybody, welcome to the latest episode of Show Your Scars. Jordan Angeli here to introduce our next guest and I'm really pumped for him to be on the podcast. Trainer Gorez, also known as Chris Gorez in everyday life. He is a sports performance trainer in Virginia. I met Chris when I played professionally for Washington Spirit, and Chris works with a lot of different professional athletes as well as uh, weekend warriors and youth athletes to adapt programs for them that help them become the quickest, fittest, and most powerful with purpose athlete that they can be. So I really enjoyed talking to Chris and he talks a little bit about his favorite books, uh, why he loves being a coach, what it is about this gray area of rehab when you get released from PT and you're not quite ready to play full out yet, and what the most important thing to do in an injury recovery process is from his point of view. So get ready for a cool talk between Chris and I. I think you'll really enjoy what he has to say. Hey, Chris, we are so excited to have you on the podcast today. What what was your morning like? I know that you, you kind of scrambled home so we could get this chat. Yeah. yeah, for sure. First of all, thanks for having me. And yes, this morning was a little bit of a scramble. Um, to, it's the second day after the Super Bowl, so a lot of my NFL veterans have already started with their off-season programs. So there, there's that, and then we're we're starting to get towards the end of the NWSL off-season. So a lot of those girls are reaching out and for for the final phase of their program. So it's been a pretty busy morning, but it's all fun. Yeah, well, well, let's just name drop a few people. So who who are you working with? I know you have a big time NFL guy that you work with pretty consistently. Yeah, so Lorenzo Alexander has become one of my best friends, and he uh, is coming off of his best season ever. Uh, he just won the MVP of the Pro Bowl, which was really cool. Um, I was able to take my family down to Orlando to experience that with him and and uh, take part of the take part of the festivities. Um, and then Yael Averbush is another good friend of mine who uh, I've come to know through training, and she's getting into the last phase of her strength and conditioning program. And, you know, it, it's funny because I, I talk to her now and she loves lifting. Whereas three, four years ago, 
she she would look at me funny whenever every time I tried to get her to lift anything. So um, so it's, it's funny to see how she's progressed. She she was chirping you the other day about how hard her workout was. So yeah, you know, like and, and that tells me that I'm doing the right thing yes, because yes. you know she's she's in that part of her training program where. Uh, she should question me a little bit. She should say, you know what, Chris, I don't know if I can do this, but, um, (laughs) it's all good. I think, uh, you know, for, for her to even get to this point where she's pushing herself that far, it's, it's, uh, it's tremendous to see how far she's grown as an athlete and it's, it's, um, it's translated to her game. I mean, she's, she's become a, a much better, uh, athlete on the field. She's become much more of a presence. She's playing center back now something that she hasn't played before. And, um, you know, the, the proof is in the pudding with, with her results. And, and, and to me, it's, it's always about just helping her grow as a person, as an athlete. And, and the fact that they keep coming back every off season shows that maybe I'm doing something right. You know, you are. So let's talk, um, let's go back and, you know, say, who is Chris Gores? What do you do? And, um, we met through, NWSL, as you kind of mentioned a little bit before, you work with a lot of athletes there, but you were our trainer, uh, our sports performance trainer for the Washington Spirit. But tell us a little bit more about you and what you do um, on a day-to-day. Yeah, so I consider myself to be a performance trainer. I don't call myself a a strength and conditioning coach just because there's so much more to performance than strength and conditioning. Um, There's a lot of even just the mindset and, and the conversations that I have with people um, you know, just coaching them through the day-to-day stuff that they have to deal with, conversations that they have to have with their coaches, conversations that they have with other teammates. You know, that that's all stuff that I, I love being a part of. And the fact that a lot of my clients who who I now call friends, they trust me with um with those things. You know, that's that's humbling for me. I got into this business 10 years ago. Um, I was an athlete. Uh, I played at Cornell University as a football player and Average I was school, never average school. I've heard. Yeah, just your average school. Um, <laughs> so w- one of the things for me when it came to strength and conditioning and, and specifically lifting weights was I was never going to be the biggest, strongest guy. I was never going to win anything in the weight room and, and in the football world. The off season is 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 bigger than in season, right? In, in soccer, you're playing 10, 11 months out of the year. In football, we're playing three or four months, and then it's all off season. So weightlifting is a big thing. And that was something that I was never going to excel at. And for, for me, I wanted to find ways to train that was going to make me better on the field. Um, you know, I, I didn't I was not interested in becoming the biggest, strongest guy. I just wanted to be the best football player that I could be. Um, and so, you know, I, I always looked at different ways that I could train, different ways that I could make myself better. And that kind of translated into the way that I coach my athletes now. Um, you know, I, I love being able to dissect somebody's game and, and, and watch them move in the weight room, but then also being able to, to watch their game films and watch how they play in the games and, and see the things that they're doing and being able to take some of the stuff that we do in training and, and translate that onto the field. You know, it, it, over the last three, four years, and I think you know this just from our relationship, I've learned so much about soccer that I, I never knew before, just even about the positions, the the demands of the game, the demands of the schedule from a month-to-month basis, week-to-week basis, and then year-to-year basis. I've learned so much, and that's changed, you know, for, for, for me as a coach. My program now, as opposed to my program three years ago, six years ago, nine years ago when I first got into this, I it's completely different. Everything is always changing, and I love that. And 
just out of curiosity, did you, during your career as an athlete, did you experience any injuries that really set you back that maybe inspired you or is, is your um, interaction with injuries just with the clients that you have and getting them back to full health? So as an athlete, I think you always kind of dealt with injuries, um, especially in the football world. It was just part of your life. It wasn't something that was like, hey, coach, I, I think this really hurts. You, we, I came up in an era where you played through that stuff. I came up in an era where, hey, you just got your bell rung. I don't, yeah. we didn't care. We didn't care about concussions or anything like that. It was, hey, you get your bell rung, sit out for a play, then get back in there and give me everything you got. Um, that's changed a lot for, for the better, I think, obviously. And, and how did you learn from that? Because that's a total, like you said, it's changed a lot and it's so different now, but you have to have learned like, oh, if I would have treated this properly, maybe I could have excelled post yeah. this injury. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's, there's a lot of things that, that I learned from, from my perspective as an athlete, um, you know, understanding what you have to go through to, to work hard, to, to make sure that you're doing everything that you can to, to give yourself the best chance to not just play on the field, but excel on the field. So, you know, I learned a lot about my, myself as a person and, and, and challenging myself and, and what you have to go through. And yes, you're always battling with something. You're never going to be 100%. Um, I, I, was lucky, I was lucky enough that I never experienced that kind of injury where you're out of the game for six months. Um, but, you know, just, just working through sprained MCLs, broken ribs, broken hand, you know, all those things. As a, as a wide yeah. receiver with a broken hand, that's tough. Yeah. You know, but you, if, if you sit out for a week, somebody else is taking your spot. Mm-hmm. So... So you can't yet. You, you kind of have to just work through that. So I've learned a lot being able to jump from different sports because, as you said, I work with the guys in the NFL and I work with mm-hmm. the NWSL. You know, I've I've taken it upon myself to learn as much as I can about the game, but then as learn as much as I can about my clients so that I'm I'm training them appropriately. And my approach changes so much on a day to day basis and a client to client basis that I know that everybody needs something a little bit different. And so. I, I try to give them uh, everything that I can. And you talked about being a performance trainer and how that kind of encompasses all different areas of being an athlete. You know, all, the mental side, the performance side, the the rest and recovery side, all those things. Are there certain um, – think of an athlete that you have right now. Is there some – is there a book that you've told them to read? Is there anything outside of like the – what you typically think of a sports performance person, is there something that you're giving them that is like, Hey, I think you, this will help you. Um, so there's a, a few books that I always recommend to everybody. If you're a coach or a trainer, I definitely recommend inside out coach by Joe Ehrman. Um, it talks a lot about the, the transformation of an athlete versus the, the transaction between a coach and a player. Um, I think there are a number of clubs and number of teams that do this the right way. And then, especially when you get into pro sports, um, it becomes a very transactional thing where Mm -hmm. they use the player, players use the teams, and and nobody's really in it for the transformation or the development of the person. Um, But when you take a look at the teams that do it right, you know, the the teams that are playing for championships every single year, those are the teams that take time to invest in the transformation of a player. Um, And so that that book was something that was – recommended to me by a friend and I recommend it to everybody inside out coach by Joe Ehrman 
two other books that I always recommend as well. And, and for, for me, this is more than just sports. It's, it's about life. It's about performing well in and on and off the field. Um, so Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell mm, is a great, great book. book. I love it. I, I love everything about that book. Mm-hmm. Um, it just talks about, you know, what, what it takes to succeed. Um, it take it talks about um, different circumstances, cultural, you know, everything that goes into what it takes to be a successful person. So that book, and then the the book that I'm reading or listening to right now is the the Power of Habit. Mm. Um, I have okay. to I have to double check on who that author is, but uh, that's another really really good book talking about building good habits and bad habits and and how all of us are, are really creatures of habit. We, we right. get into these routines and, you know, it's, it's almost automatic. These things, these things happen without us even thinking about it. So, you know, I try to build that into our training routines, trying to build good habits for, for normal, healthy living because I also train people who are not necessarily professional athletes. And then I also want to make certain movement patterns a habit as well so that when you're on the field, it becomes – uh, almost an instinctual thing. You're not out there thinking about things. Right. You're just, just out there playing. You're kind of training those habits. You have to. If we're yeah. if we're habit, you know, creatures, creatures of habit, then you have to train those habits. So th- those are great books and good resources. And as a performance trainer, what do you think is the hardest thing for you to see um, in sport? And and what are you doing to address that? So for me, uh, the, the hardest thing is being able to uh, take somebody out of their normal routine, right? So like I just said, we are such creatures of habit that we get into these routines and then they kind of happen throughout the day without you even thinking about it, right? So if you, if you think about, ha- have you ever like gone through, if you were going somewhere different that day, you, you're, you're, going, you're leaving the house and you take the wrong turn just because you always take that turn. And you're like, oh, wait, I'm not supposed to go this way. <laughs> you know, that, that, that happens all the time because you're just such a creature of habit. So that happens a lot in the training world. We're such creatures of habit that we do what we've always done, whether they're good for us or bad for us. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times, you know, some of these training programs that people have referred to in the past, I'm not saying that they're good or they're bad, but they might not be the best for you. Right. It may have worked for somebody else. And maybe it did work for Michael Jordan. But hey, that's Michael Jordan. You're yeah, not him. Yeah. And maybe that does work for Ronaldo. And, and but you're not Ronaldo. And the fact is, if you were Ronaldo, then we wouldn't really need to be talking about pro- programming. You could just kind of roll the ball out there and you'd be a great player. <laughs> um, so the hardest thing for me is to try, to try to take people out of those routines and get them into something that is a little bit better for them. Um, so maybe doing something that maybe, maybe not running as much, maybe as blasphemous as this sounds, maybe not playing pickup every day, which is a conversation that I had with Yael, you know, that was again, blasphemy three or four years ago. And now she's just like, Hey, you know what? I I can kind of see the benefits of playing pickup three to four times a week instead of seven times a week. You know, I, I can see the difference between training, you know, five to six times a week at a higher intensity than training twice a day every single day at a lower intensity. So taking taking people out of whatever their normal routine was before and getting them into something better, that takes a, a little bit of time to to build the trust so that they so that they understand that hey you're you're in it for them, that you're you're trying to make them better and trying to get them into something that's going to be more beneficial. And then trying to just get them get them out of their normal routines of whatever they were doing before that might not be the best for them. And 
I think that also goes for not just um, routines and how we train, but I know for me, like I was, I was such habitual in like my posture and my body and how I performed on the field that those habits that create are created when we learn how to run, when we, you know, when we do the things incorrectly from the start, like that's a really tough thing to correct as well is, yeah. you know, I am a tall, I was a tall soccer player and to get low defensively and even offensively to stay lower was really challenging for me. And I don't think until the end of my career, I started thinking about that side of the sport, you know, how can I perform better and kind of fix these habits that I've built over all the years and make something better. So how can you, um, is that something, and, and maybe not prevent all the injuries that I, that I had, but maybe I would have put my, set myself up for a little bit better of a, a route if I would have learned a little earlier how to properly activate my body and properly um, perform at um, a higher level, get more out of you know, the work that I was doing. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the, the first step, well, okay, maybe the second step. So the first step of training anybody is to do no harm, right? You don't want to do anything that's going to cause right. an injury or cause pain. But then the second step is to identify those things that um, is maybe causing a risk of injury or or putting you at a risk of injury and and working on those things to reduce that. So a lot of times that just means building more flexibility, building more stability in your core um, helping to correct your posture and, and develop good posture, yeah. but it's more than just that. So it, uh, there's, there's a ton of coaches out there and a, a lot of them are out there and, and there's a lot of information about posture and all that other stuff. And that's, and that's great. But I think you have to look beyond just what's happening with somebody's posture, but you also have to look at why that stuff is happening because an athlete is listening to their coaches an athlete is listening to their parents an athlete is listening to their teachers um, and, and so they're getting, they're, they're taking in all this information and they're doing the best they can. So you have to kind of assess, Hey, why is it that you're so worried about staying low so much? Mm -hmm. Who's telling you to do that? Mm -hmm. Did you learn that from your coach? Did you learn that from the, and so as for me, I love getting involved in all that stuff because that that's how we fix it. It's not just, Hey, this is how you stay low. It's like, why is it that you want to get low? Okay. When do you really need to be low? You don't need to be low the entire 90 minutes. That's right. ridiculous. Nobody, nobody does that. But hey, like this is, this is where it's important. This is where it's not as important. This is how we get low. And then, you know, the, the big thing is then communicating that with, with everybody else that's involved so that when they go to their coaches, if their coaches are telling them, stay low, stay low, stay low, stay low, then then it's an education process, not just for that player, but for that coach also. Hey, mm -hmm. I, I get it. I, I I don't ever go to a coach and say, no, you know what, coach, that's wrong. That's the that's the easiest way to get a coach to ignore you is if you go to a coach and tell them they're wrong yeah. right away. Yeah. But if you if you go to them and say, hey, coach, when you're saying stay low, what what is it that you mean? Why? Why do we stay low? Right. Is it because you just want us to be low or is it because it's better for a change of direction or, or puts me in a better position to – make a cut or whatever, mm -hmm. because I actually see the game a little bit better and I'm a little bit more comfortable when I'm up here, Right. you know? So those, those are conversations that I love being a part of. Yeah. So, and, so I, I love all that. And you and I worked a lot together because I was, I was playing with the spirit after my third ACL injury, just getting back. And, um, you really catered a lot of what we were doing to, 
how I could get the maximize my time in the weight room, maximize my um, effort on the field. And I think that uh, fortunately and unfortunately, you know, when you when you get injured, a, a major injury um, for me, ACL injury, you get to know your body a lot better and you start to um, progress through the rehab process, just knowing a lot more about how your body works and how to get the most out of your body. Um, in that, in that process, you all, you, you also learn these exercises that are, are great exercises to continue into, um, an area that we really talk a lot about is this gray area of rehab where you've kind of made it past the time with your PT, your doctor has cleared you, but you're not, you're not fully there yet. Um, what are good exercises to, to always be doing as you integrate back into sport or continue after, after injury to um, maintain your, that work that you've done throughout the rest of your, your playing. Yeah. So this is, this is a great topic. And you and I always talk about this, this gray area or, or this, this gap that we need to bridge. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of times when you're coming off of an ACL injury, insurance and the medical field is going to take you so far, right? Insurance eventually is going to run out. And the PTs are going to say, hey, you're, you're healthy enough to, to walk out of this office and, and function like a normal human being. Hopefully, so hopefully like, they get you that I feel point. like a giraffe, though, a baby giraffe. <laughs> right, right. You're like, you're like Bambi on ice, right? So, but the difference between walking out of that PT office as a normal, healthy human being and being able to play soccer or any sport at a high level, that, there's a huge gap there. Right. Right? We're not meant And it scares me. That, that gap scares yeah. me. Absolutely. I mean, we're not meant to play soccer. If we if we were, we would have been born with spikes on our feet. Um, so, so we're not meant to make those cuts and, and run at that speed. Um, so there's a huge gap. And a lot of times the, the medical field is, is trying to get you to the point where you're not experiencing pain anymore. But what it doesn't address is wh- where did that injury come from okay this was what was injured this is what we fixed we fixed the knee but we never addressed the ankle mobility and the hip mobility and the core strength that you need which is what led to the injury in the first place right so now that person is is done with insurance they have they're already coming off of a torn acl which means that leg is already compromised they've probably been compensating like crazy on the other leg so that leg is now compromised and so many times it's it's the most heartbreaking story in the world is that that athlete tears their ACL again or tears the other one. Yeah. I mean, and like like you said, you you were coming off your third. So for me, the the ending point is the same and and a lot of the other coaches, Drew Hanlon is another one of my good friends and, and we talk, we always joke about how we're like GPS. The the destination is the same, but everybody's starting point is different. Mm. Everybody yeah. everybody needs to do different things to get on to the highway, to the destination that they want to go. Um, so for, for me, I have to be able to get you to lunge well. You have to be able to do that. You have to be able to drop down, support yourself off of one leg, push off of that one leg, and do that with good stability, with good hip mobility, and with good posture. So mm-hmm. lunge, lunges is my go-to, and that, that goes for a forward lunge, a sideways lunge, a reverse lunge, a, a transverse lunge, all the different types of lunges that go in there. Um, you have to be able to hip hinge well. So for hip hinging, for me, 
that comes to like a glute bridge all the way up into a, a full deadlift. If you can do those again with good stability, good mobility, perfect posture every single time, right? Um, so those are the, the two lifts that, that I really say in the weight room that you have to be able to do well. And then when we, when we get out into the field, you have to be able to jump and land perfectly. You have to be able to land perfectly. If you can't hop six inches and then, and then land on two feet with good posture without your knees pinching in, without folding your upper back, um, that's an issue. We, we need to be able to produce that type of strength. And we need to be able to produce that strength rapidly enough that we're decelerating our body and doing it in a, a good position. So you need to be able to jump and land well. And then accelerate and decelerate well. You need mm-hmm. to be able to sprint and stop and do that, again, with good posture, with good mobility, and do that with your head up, right? So, so those, are, those are the first few things that I'm saying. That, that's just movement. That's before we get into reacting to a ball and recognize yeah. the game, you know? So that's, that's the other part of injury prevention that I think is – not being paid attention to enough. There are some that do it. The ones that, that I know that are, are doing this on a high level, they take you all the way through the the movement issues, which is, hey, you, you have to have good mobile ankles. You have to get, yeah. have a good, strong, stable knees. You have to have good, strong, mobile hips. You have to have a good, strong core. Okay, you can have all that stuff. But if you're a deer in the headlights on the field, the the next injury is just waiting to happen. You can't be out there. That's like taking a rookie driver and then throwing them onto the highway at rush hour. Like this is an accident waiting to happen. So you have to be able to take that and transition that back into some sort of recognition where they're looking at games and they're looking at game situations and they're they're able to react and recognize those situations mm-hmm. and keep themselves in, in in good alignment and good posture and all that other stuff, right? Because the game is not played in a PT office or in a weight room. It's on the field with right. 21 other players out there. Um, and, and you have to be able to react to all that. And if you can't, then, again, that's that's still an injury risk for me. So it's more than just the movement in, in the knees and, and the strength. It's, you know, what's happening on the mental side. And, and yeah. you can you can start doing that even just by from, from the very beginning, just watching games and being able to recognize certain situations. Like, hey, this is my position this is where I would be in this situation. Here's what happened. Here's what I would have done. So being able to, to watch games, like I think that's so important for people who, if you can't play anyway, yeah. <laughs> you know, this is this is what you should be doing. And, and for a lot of the ones who, who really love this game, it's, it's really not a problem because they have a favorite team or a, mm-hmm. a favorite player that they follow. So, you know, that's that's what I recommend for everybody. That's a really good point because I, I watch tons of games. But I didn't think about it on that aspect of like from a physical like movement standpoint, watching games to recognize how you move in certain situations. That's so smart. For me, it was like, okay, soccer brain wise, how do I get out of this or how do I defend this? But actually f- physically feeling your body, okay, I, this is what I need to do in that situation. That's a cool point. I like that. And, and you talked a little bit about jumping and landing and that eccentric movement. And we you learn a lot of those activation, eccentric um, activation stuff when you're going through injury recovery. And how important is, is it to keep that activation process going? You know, whether you're in the weight room warming up or tra- getting ready for a game or a, a training even. Yeah, so this is this is key. I think that... 
if you if you're a serious athlete and you want to compete on a high level and you just want to be the best athlete that you can be, meaning wherever it is that your level is, right? That could mean you're a D3 player, D1 player. That mean, that could mean you're, you're going to be in the next World Cup. I think that strength and conditioning or performance training and taking care of your body just has to be a part of your routine. It can't just be you're going to go out there and work on your touches and work on your passing and finishing. You have to take care of your body. That's just part of it. I mean, you can't – the if you think about a NASCAR race, I mean, how many times do those people – how many times do those cars come in for a pit stop yeah, to change those tires. So true, you, yeah. you have to take care of your body if you want to perform at a high level. So the, the different phases for me are phase one, you have to move well, mm-hmm. right? We have to correct whatever imbalances, whatever asymmetries, whatever glaring weaknesses that you have, we have to fix those, right? So that's phase one, we got to move better. Um, and then after everything is lined, right, I always, I, I, I use the analogy of clay. Like once we get the clay molded to where we want it to be, now we have to bake that in. Now we have to be able to do more, mm-hmm. right? This is, this is where it gets a little bit of, uh, it gets a little bit intense. That's where we start to load the, the, the weight up a little bit. That's where we start to ask you to, to, to do a little bit more, right? So you're moving better. Now you're getting stronger. Now you have to be fast, right? So it's not enough to just be able to lift 100 pounds. Be strong and like. It, it, yeah, be strong and hulky. There, there, there are no barbells and dumbbells on the field, right? Yeah. So now we have, to, we have to be fast. We have to be able to produce, you know, 50 pounds of strength, but do that in uh, 100th of a second, yeah. right? And then, we, and then we have to be able to move. It's not just, you know, a stationary thing. We have to be able to move in all three directions. We have to be able to move vertically, horizontally. We have to be able to do all those things. And then, like I just said, now, so we went from moving better, being stronger, moving faster, recognizing the game, right? Mm-hmm. Which is what we talked about, being mm-hmm. able to recognize certain situations. And then it becomes a maintenance thing. So you have to, ma- you have to maintain this, right? It can't, just, it can't just be here, I'm there, and then the puzzle is solved. No, that, that puzzle is always changing. You have to continually do those things to maintain your body, maintain your flexibility, Maintain your stability um, in, in your core and your knees, um, and uh, it, you know that's just part of your your everyday routine. It's it's got to be, you know, you're you're sleeping at night, you're you're hydrating your body correctly, uh, you're, you're doing the the strength exercises, your correctives. I I love to say that you should be doing correctives three times a week, and that's you know a twenty minute, thirty minute session, nothing big, but. That's that's something that should just be part of your week, whether mm-hmm. it's before or after practices or whatever. But that's just something that you have to do, right? What are these correctives, or how and how can people um, figure out what the correctives are that they need to be doing for their own bodies? So a lot of a lot of this stuff I try to post online because I want people to have this information. So at trainergorez.com, you can go there. Um, I also just started a new website called onyxelite.com. That's O-N-Y-X, elite.com. And there are a ton of workout programs there that you can select and customize. Um, and there's videos and, 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 and you know, demonstrations on how to do everything, everything correctly. Um, but for me, we'll just go from the ground up. For, for the ankle, your, your ankles have to be mobile. So a lot of the ankle stretches, like a three-way ankle stretch, which, which you can find on my website or on YouTube, um, those are going to go a long way in helping to maintain ankle mobility. Obviously, there are a ton. I'm just going to ca- kind of give a few. Yep, perfect. Um, 
knee stability, I think one of the, the biggest thing is being able to keep your knee in good alignment with your ankle and your hip. So I love the mini band exercises because it kind of creates that mistake for you. It creates that pinch in the knee that you now have to fight and uh, correct yourself. So that now, now you're aware of mm-hmm. where your knee alignment is. So that's your knee stability exercises. Um, glute strengthening exercises like glute bridges. I think that's a, a great one in being able to strengthen your glutes, um, work on the flexibility of your hips. Uh, I think that's something that just should be part of your day. Mm-hmm. Um, the two stretches that I always go to are well, what we call the world's greatest stretch, which is something I learned from my friends over at Exos. Um, that's an inline lunge with, mm-hmm. with a rotation. And then the bretzel, which again is something that we learned from the, the, the people from FMS. Um, and, and both of those are available on my website or on okay. YouTube. And I'll link uh, all those here so people can see, go through these, uh, you know, yeah. have access to all this. Yes, absolutely. And, and Yael did, did a great job of demoing those exercises for me. So Look so at her. What a stud. See her. Yeah. She's a nice, flexible person to, to demo those <laughs> exercises. So those are your hip mobility exercises. Um, for the core stability, I love the dead bug. I start with the dead bug. Um, you have to be able to keep your spine in good alignment, um, not just into flexion, but also into extension. So that, you know, for me, core strength is not how many crunches you can do, but can you keep your spine can you keep your pillar absolutely still mm. while you're running, while you're cutting, while you're you're jumping and doing yeah. all those different things? So it's a it's not necessarily crunching, but staying still in in, in lengthening exercises and and anti rotation exercises and stability. Yeah. So you got your dead bug, your planks and your side planks. I think th- those are your correctives there. And then when you come up into the shoulders, just building good posture. This is where it starts. Um, you know the, the wall angels and the floor angels. Those are my go-to there. Um, and, and all of these exercises don't require any equipment. E- even the mini band stuff, you can have somebody just kind of pinching your knees. Um, and, and you can do this anywhere. So there's really no excuse not to get these in, yeah. especially the wall angels. I'd say for, for everyone out there, because he, here's the deal. If, if if you have bad posture, you need this. And if you have good posture, you need to keep it, right? Yeah, so for sure. I say, I say 40 to 50 a day. You know, 25 when you wake up, 25 when you go to bed. Nice. Just make it part of your routine. It's like okay. brushing your teeth, you know. I'm adding that in. I'm adding that into my routine. Yeah. Since I, I, I already I know, know that, but I need I to do it again. I've told you many times <laughs> to stand up straight. It's so right. um, but if they, if they had to get two, if they had to purchase two things, miniband, foam roller, lacrosse. Yeah. So, so a mini band, or I would say like one of the smaller foam rollers or lacrosse ball. Okay. Um, it's really going to probably be uncomfortable at first, but the more you do it, the, the more you'll get used to it. And, and that, that discomfort that you're experiencing when you're doing that foam rolling or, or that, that yeah. rolling with lacrosse ball, um, that's just an indication that you actually need that more. Yeah. Um, so using those things and I love them because you can bring them everywhere. Yeah. Um, when, when I travel, I throw those things in the backpack and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing these weird things on the plane and, <laughs> and at the airport and stuff. It's a so. conversation starter. Um, <laughs> t- two more questions for you. How important is patience in that process of the gray area saying, you know, I know I'm cleared, but um, trusting that maybe I'm not quite ready to call my body to do everything that the sport I play demands of it. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a big difference between 
return to play and then return to level of play. So if you were playing at the level of, let's just say, a starter, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever team that you play for, let's say you were a starter on that team. Well, when you get cleared to, to resume activity, that doesn't mean you're ready to go back to being a starter, mm-hmm. right? You're, you're now a bench reserve player again, right? And you have to earn your way back up into that level that you were playing before. So you have to give yourself a little bit of time to do that. That's not going to happen in four months. That's not going to happen in, in six months. Sometimes this doesn't happen in two years because it, it takes a little bit of time to, to get back out there and, you know, get your get your feet underneath you. Um, the, the big thing that I say is I never really like to put a timetable on anything because everybody's so different. Some people go faster. Some people go slower. Every injury is different. So even if you were able to come back in six months on your first ACL, if this is your second ACL, that doesn't mean that this is going to happen in six months either, right? Your only goal is to just be better than you were yesterday. And, it, and if you can get a little bit better every single day, then – it doesn't matter if you get there in four months or six right. months or a year or, you know, there's, there's really no timetable on that. We have to just continue to get better every single day. Um, and, and that, let that be your timetable. Let that be the thing that guides you. Not, oh my God, I have to get ready for preseason in April. I have to get ready for, you know, this tournament or, or, or whatever it is, you know, that's so arbitrary compared to what you have going on with yourself. And, with that, you know, there needs to be a communication between you, your PT, your performance trainer, your coach, what are, um, your family maybe about where you're at and what you need to get back to where you feel like you're a f- the full health athlete that you should be. How important is that step of communication? I think this is the most important thing in somebody's rehab process. You have to get everybody on the same page. And that means the player, the doctor or the surgeon, the, the PT, if you have a personal trainer who's involved, your personal trainer has, to, be, has mm-hmm. to know what's going on, your coach has to know what's going on, and then, of course, your parents have to know what's going on, right? Because especially if you're not somebody that drives yourself around, then you're going to need your parents to, to, to bring you to all these things. And everybody has to be on the same page. You know, you know these are the things that you can do. These are the things that you can't do. These are the things that you should be doing every single day. So we're going to hold you accountable to it. Um, and, and this is, you know, the, the stuff that you need to be doing to, to get yourself ready for the next phase. So everybody has to be on the same page. And, and if there's a, a change in schedule or if there's a change in, you know, something that's going on, if you're feeling a little bit of pain or whatever it is, then it's up to you to make sure that everybody in that circle knows what's going on. So that, that's one of the things that when I take on a client, especially somebody who's coming off of rehab, those are, those are the questions that I ask. Not necessarily how did you injure this and all these other things, but, but hey, okay, what's your schedule like? What are the things that are keeping you from getting here three times a week? What, are, what, are you, what is your practice schedule like? What are the other obligations that you have? Who else is going to be helping you with this? Um, you know, so so if, you're, if you're doing conditioning on the field with your coach – you don't need me for extra conditioning. That's just going to push you further and further to the edge where you're going to hurt yourself again, right? right? Or, or if I'm doing conditioning with you and I say, hey, go, go to practice, but just do, do the technical work, do the, do the ball skill stuff, don't get into the competitive drills yet. You know, we all have to be on the same page, you know, because what ends up happening is if you don't communicate that, 
then your coach sees that you're only doing the technical stuff and that you're being lazy and you're not doing the conditioning. So in, in your right. coach's mind, this person's being lazy, she's not doing or he's not doing what it takes to, to get back to full strength. And that's not true. You're just doing it somewhere else. Right. Right. Or, you know, if you don't tell me that you already got your strength, your, your conditioning and you're running in on the field, then I'm going to do it. And I wouldn't know that you have a game tomorrow or right. a competitive practice tomorrow, whatever it is. So those are all things. Everybody has to be on the same page so that you're not being repetitive with some of the things that you do and that you can cover everything because your coach is not going to be able to cover everything. And that's because he doesn't have the time to, nor does he have the knowledge to. Just like I'm not going to have the knowledge to be able to teach you anything about crossing. Don't come <laughs> to me about crossing and finishing. That's not what I can do. Right. But, you know, I can I can help you with your corrective stuff and, and working on your posture and working on your conditioning so that, hey, when you get out to practice, you've covered all this, this, and this. Now you get to do this, this, and this. And then yeah. when you go to PT, if you've still got PT going on, you're going to cover this, this, and this at PT, right? There's so much that goes into performance training and, and getting yourself ready to play mm -hmm. that we don't need to repeat things. And so everybody has to be on the same page there. Um and everybody has to know like how you're feeling that day, right? And that that comes that that's solely on you. You have to be able to tell people, "Hey, you know what? I feel really good today. Let's push it a little bit." Or, "Hey, I felt really good after that workout. Let's push a little bit." Or, "You know what? That workout yesterday really took a lot out of me. Can we can we dial it back a little bit?" And for me, that's okay. You, it, I understand when when an athlete tells me that. Um if you tell a coach that, there's certainly a way to tell a coach that, hey, I'm not feeling 100%. But it, it, again, if you go to your coach and say, hey, I don't want to do conditioning today or I don't want to do this drill, again, a coach is going to be like, well, why not? You're lazy, right? But if you tell them, hey, these are the things that I did yesterday and my ankle is feeling a little bit sore or my legs are feeling a little bit tired and heavy, you know, that's that's not a good day to go out there and push yeah. it. You know, there I, are other yeah. things that we can work on. So. So that, that comes to you. You have to be able to communicate with everybody that's involved and say, hey, look, this is how I feel. This is where I'm going. This feels great. This doesn't feel great. Um, and if everybody's on the same page, that's a formula for success. Yeah, and I think there's so many easy ways to do that these days. Like you can start a group chat. You can get on Voxer and do walkie-talkie messages like, hey, this is what I did at PT or the PT can talk to the coach there's no need to like respond on emails or make phone calls like just the communication there's so many outlets that we can that we have right here that makes this so easy for these athletes to communicate with all the people involved so i think that's a really great um way to look at it and i do i think communication is the biggest thing and being truthful to how your body feels and what you're demanding out of it because um, you must rest. You have to rest. You have to push. You have to um, find that balance within within yeah. the process. Um, and then and then and then taking that further, I mean, with the ACL club, the reason why I love what you're doing so much, Jordy, is because you know, for somebody that's going through that, the the feeling is it's it's easy when you're going through it to think that nobody's ever gone through what you're going through. Yeah, it's always it's always you you always start to get into this thing where it's like. Oh my God, mine is different. This is the second or third ACL. Why does this have to happen to me? You, and you know it because you went through it. And then you feel so isolated. But if you can get yourself out there, again, number one, get your own circle 
all mm-hmm. on the same page. Right. Your trainers, your coaches, your PTs, your parents, everybody there has to be on the same page. And then find somebody else that you could communicate with. Hopefully somebody that's been here, been through it before, like somebody in the ACL club, like somebody like you and say, hey, look, this is what I'm dealing with. Is this something that you dealt with? And it's good to have those conversations because you know that, hey, like, there's light at the end of the tunnel, that people have gone through this before, that people are here to support you. And, and you know, those, that's so important for somebody because it's a very, very lonely process sometimes going through that rehab. It is. It, and even when communication feels like it's the last thing you want to do, write it down. Get it off yep. your mind, your chest, whatever it is. I, I totally feel like that's one of the biggest things, too, in any kind of injury recovery or any kind of – it's like a small mourning process. You're mourning the loss of this part of your life for a while. <laughs> yeah. And, no, for sure. And it's – you know, you have to communicate those emotions. Uh, okay. Last thing before we, we kind of wrap up here – Talk more about Onyx. You mentioned it a little bit, but talk about what you're doing, why you're excited about it, and kind of how you're hoping and working hard to address this gray area of all training that we um, return to sport training that we talked about. Yeah, so Onyx Elite is a a baby of mine that I've been working on with my my good friend, Aguchi Onyewu. Who just Uh, got... um, Who just signed with Philadelphia. He's playing in America for the first time, right? Yeah, for the first time ever. So so we're we're both very excited for him. Yes, cool. Yeah, so it it was really born out of, from from him, he he came from a, a standpoint where he was injured and he had to go through that whole rehab process. And, you know, he, he did it with, with, with Exos out in LA. Um, and I've been in this industry for 10 years and, and I've always wanted to have my own thing. Um, but you know, you and, and I and Gucci, we've been lucky enough and we've been blessed. I should say, we've been blessed to have the opportunity to live what I call the B, the VIP life or at least experience it. Right. You, you have this VIP life where things are, are given to you. You have these resources, um, the red carpets are rolled out, all those things. Um, but, but for me on a personal standpoint, you know, I, I come from a family that we weren't, we weren't the worst off, but we certainly weren't the best off. My parents had to grind for everything that they ever got. Um, and I truly appreciate everything that they've ever done for me. Um, my wife tore her ACL in a flag football game. You know, this isn't ACLs happen, not just in the world cup level, but just on a recreational level where people are just trying to play and, and have fun with their friends. But those people, my, my mom and dad never got the VIP treatment. My wife didn't get the VIP treatment. She didn't have trainers and personal and, and, and physical therapists and coaches reaching out to her every day, checking on her to make sure everything is cool. So for me, and even just now, I just got back from Disney and, and living that lifestyle where like, you know, everything is taking care of you. Like, I want to be able to bring that to the everyday person. That's what Onyx was about. We wanted to create a facility that was a world-class training facility where anybody could come in and train like a pro. Not necessarily train like a pro and being able to do the things that Ali Krieger does mm-hmm. or do the things that, you know, an NBA guy does, but train like a pro in that you're going to get the level of service and the attention that the professionals get. So when, when you're there... I'm going to be there to, to help you through your journey. My coaches that are there or, or the team that we've been able to assemble, I, I feel like they're high-level coaches that, number one, know what they're talking about, but number two, are just passionate about people. This is, this is what we want to bring. That's the Onyx mission is we want to bring that 
that level of training that would normally be reserved for a professional athlete, we want to bring that to the everyday athlete who just wants to come in and train because like my wife deserves the same treatment that anybody else gets. Yeah. Like my the, the the love for my wife isn't any less than, you know, what what everybody feels about Alex Morgan per se, right? Mm-hmm. Like she's not any less special than Alex. Right. But she doesn't always have that that resource available to so so that's what that Onyx is all about. I I would love to be able to to reach out to people and say, hey, look, like if you're if this is what you're all about, this is what you're looking for. Maybe you make it to the World Cup. Maybe you're just trying to play, you know, flag football again with your friends. But I I want to make sure that you get the best treatment that you can get. That you get the best service that you can get. So that's what Onyx Leads all about. And and that's opening up in Richmond. We're, we're actually already open. We've already started taking a few clients. There's a lot of renovations that need to happen for us to get it to, to where we want it to be. But um, I'm going to put my heart and soul into this thing to make sure that, you know, this is that, that we can complete that mission that, you know, anybody can come in there and be treated like a world class athlete. What if you're not in Richmond, Virginia, and you want to use some of these, you know, that you want to work with Chris Gores. You want to, you want to be trained by trainer Gores. How, <laughs> how can we make that happen? You guys offer anything online? Yes. Yeah, so we do have, so again, on onxelite.com, we have the, the platform that you can come in and customize your own workout. You can say, Hey, I want to work out three or four days a week, two days a week. Uh, this is what I want to focus on. I want to focus on weight loss or I want to focus on speed and performance, whatever it is. You can customize all that. It'll even give you a nutrition plan and tell you what to eat, what not to eat. If you're allergic to, to certain ingredients, like if you if you need a gluten-free diet, you can you can get your gluten-free diet there. Um, if you're allergic to nuts, you can exclude nuts in all the recipes. So it's a really, really cool platform. We, we invested uh, quite a bit into it to make sure that this was something that was cool, that people would get the information that they need to and, and be able to use it. Um, so there's that, and then... I try to make myself available personally to anybody that's w- willing to listen. Um, you know, for me, being in this industry is truly humbling. I-, I know a lot of people in this industry that their heads get a little bit big when people start to reach out to them. Um, and that's unfortunate because it should never be about you as a coach. It should always be about your clients. So whenever somebody wants to reach out to me, whether it's a U.S. national team player or if it's just a uh, not just, I shouldn't say just, if it's, if it's a girl from Portland, Oregon, who just tore her ACL for the second time, that both of those people deserve the same level of treatment from me, the same level of of service. So I always make myself available. I try to email back everybody that emails me. My email is trainer.gorez at gmail.com. I have no problem giving that out. Um, so if you have any questions and any concerns, um, I'll, I'll always answer them as honestly as I can. Mm-hmm. So if I can help you, I will. If I can't help you in a way that I feel like is going to be beneficial or if I don't have the capacity to help you, for instance, if you're in Minnesota and I can't see you, then I'm I'm literally going to tell you, hey, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Mm-hmm. I, I've done that. I, I don't think I'm doing anybody any favors by trying to give them a watered-down version of myself. I'm either going to give you all I can or, or I'm not going to give you anything at all. But I will at least point you in a direction where I feel like you can get the help that you need. So I, I have a lot of friends in different locations where I can say, hey, look, if you're in Minnesota, this is where you need to go. If you're in Arizona, this is where you need to go. Mm-hmm. If you're in Florida, go visit my guy down here. So yeah. feel free and, to reach out anytime. Yeah, and you will. You will email them back. I know I, 
I know that to be very true. So um, I'm talking with Allie Krieger later, and you just mentioned her. Give me a question that you want to ask Allie. Question that I want to ask. It can be so, anything. So- for the first, the first thing I always ask her is, "Are you sitting up straight? Are your shoulders?" Because I, I just, I'm gonna start off like that. I'm gonna start yeah, like that. Are you sitting up? up? Are you sitting up straight? And, and if you do that, she's probably gonna be like, "Did Chris ask you to say that?" Because okay. <laughs> I'm always bugging her about that. Are you sitting up straight? And what? What was the second part? Are you sitting up straight? Are your shoulders back? Are your shoulders because back? Because that was something that we just hammered home for two years. <laughs> okay. Um, what question would I have for Allie? Uh. I don't know. This is a good one. Uh, well, she's she's down in Orlando now, mm-hmm. so I'm not gonna get to see her as as much as I used to when she was here with the Spirit, and we could get some training sessions in. Um, I guess just ask her what she's gonna do without me. <laughs> okay, I will. What are you gonna do without him? <laughs> what are you gonna do without Trainer Gorez? Love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, or, or okay. Ask, here's a better question. Here's a better question. Ask her, when is she going to invite me and you down to Orlando? When are we getting the invite? Yeah. <laughs> and do we get free tickets to the games? Yeah. Yeah. In um, Disney World. <laughs> okay. So, Chris, like, totally appreciate you being on the show and giving, you know, probably more than you you and I both anticipated of your time because that was a great conversation. I think it's going to be really helpful for a lot of people. And, um you know, now you're you're opening up Onyx Elite and you're having a, your own uh, kind of your dream come true, really. But let's pretend that your career is over. It's 50 years from now and you're sitting <laughs> sitting in your um, living room, just reliving what you did. What do you want your legacy to be? Ooh, um, what do you want people to remember you for? For me, I just I just want people. I, I love being a part of everybody's journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if if people remember me as a friend that helped them in the process process of them getting to be the best version of themselves, um, then that's that's kind of what I want to be remembered for. Not that not that I did it, but that hey, like. He was there to talk to when I needed talking to. He was there to help a friend when when uh, when there was absolutely nothing in it for him. That that's what I want to do. I feel like for me, like there's so many different ways that we can serve as people. You know, so, so many times people think about going into service as you know becoming a soldier or getting into priesthood or whatever it is, and there are just so many different ways that we can serve each other as people. And I think that we've lost a little bit of that. Um, so for me, my own personal mission is to, to be able to serve not just, um, not just athletes, but to be able to serve uh, the community and, and to be able to serve my team of, of, of trainers who, who are looking to get into this industry, who want to build a career for themselves. So if somebody 50 years from now can look back at me and just say he served his community well, then then I'll be happy with that. And I know that would make my parents proud mm. more than anything else. So well, I, I think I think that's the, that's the big thing for me. Well, you are well on on the right track, Chris. So thank you so much for your time. I loved this talk, and um, can't wait to maybe talk some more at, at a later time. For sure. Thanks, Jordy. 
Hope you guys enjoyed that talk I had with trainer Gorez. He's a really smart guy, and I think one of the things that I really admire about him is that he looks at every person who for who they are as an individual. What can he do to get them better as an athlete? And that was really helpful for me and a lot of people that he has worked with over the years. I will tag everything he mentioned in the show notes so you guys have an ability to get a hold of Trainer Gorez for Onyx Elite or some of the exercises that he mentioned. So thank you all for listening to another episode of Show Your Scars. I really appreciate you guys' feedback. Write a review, subscribe, you know, let us know by emailing us at info at the to see if you have any ideas about who we should talk to next because I'm always into that. Thanks again and go out there and show your scars, people.